Digging deeper into the day's top stories, you're listening to Jeff Andreas on 610 AM News Talk and RadioNL.com. Welcome in to the Jeff Andreas Show. Thanks so much for being with me here. It is, of course, Tuesday, March 31st, the end of this month. We're officially at the end of the first quarter of 2020, and wow. I mean, who would have predicted where we would be right now just three months ago? Of course, as we all work together to try and get through this pandemic, just how much worse are things going to get? I mean, we are now well up over 800,000 cases of COVID-19, including about 40,000 deaths worldwide from the coronavirus. And like I've said many a time, this is just going to get worse. I know we here in Canada, and particularly here in BC, many are saying that, you know, we do have a pretty good handle on things compared to other nations and jurisdictions. I would not say that we're in a good spot, but I do think we're in a better spot than many others, and that particularly includes our neighbors to the south. Now, Shane Woodford, who I'm sure many of you remember as the guy who used to host a show at this exact time slot here on Radio NL, well, he appeared on the NL Morning News today with Howie Reimer, and he had this to say when talking about the situation in the United States, and I figured it was worth a second listen. You're going to see in the United States the highest numbers of any country and that is the country that is supposed to weather the storm the best. They're, they were ranked, the, I mean, ranked the absolute highest for uh, enduring a pandemic. And they have absolutely and catastrophically dropped the ball. Like, I am literally scared of what the United States is going to look like in two weeks. The rise in numbers there, both in new cases, they're adding them at about 18, 19, now 20,000 new cases a day. That's unheard of. Even in Italy, it never climbed that fast. And deaths are starting to rise, too. And if you look at the numbers like I have the last couple of weeks, really getting my head into it, the coronavirus is a lot like a snowball. You know, it's there, it starts to roll downhill. Okay, okay. And then it just reaches a size and mass where it's unstoppable. Like if you don't smash that snowball when it's small, like doing the lockdowns and the, um, the social distancing and all these kind of stuff, then you're going to risk what happened in Italy, what's happening in Spain, and what is certainly happening in the United States is that the pandemic is out of control and they're just going to have to somehow deal with it. And the loss of life in that country is going to be staggering. Yeah, I, I uh, just have the basically same thought process when it comes to what's happening south of the border right now, but I just wanted to, to play what Shane was thinking here earlier today because I am just, like I said, right on the same page with that thought process right now. Uh, definitely fearful of just how quickly things can uh, or are going to change. I mean, we've seen the numbers rise uh, at exponential rates here over the last week, and uh, like he said, I expect by the end of this week or the end of next week that things will be almost at a point where, who knows, will they still be in control? Are they in control now? You could probably argue that they aren't, and um, it's only going to get worse. So it's going to be interesting couple of weeks to monitor what's happening below us and uh, also, of course, what is happening here in Canada as well. Now, there are a number of spin-off issues that come as a result of our extensive social distancing. Could families really start to break apart? There are a number of uh, couples filing for divorce in China, reportedly. Those numbers are up way more than they were prior to COVID-19. Um, the, the British Parliament was just warned to expect a spike in UK divorces as well, blamed on coronavirus quarantines. 
So, I mean, this this is an issue that many out there are speculating will become uh, more of a problem uh, the longer that this drags on. So what factors could be leading to those divorce rates? Is it just the fact that you were stuck quarantined with people for way too long? Is it financial hardships that are being caused by job losses and an inability to, to pay the bills? Um, you know, is it we seeing more and more people stuck moving in with other individuals that they never thought they would have to, whether it be moving back in with your parents or your parents moving in with you? That, of course, can cause stress on a relationship as well. So I'm going to be joined by a registered clinical counselor here in Kamloops, that's Sandeep Sadra, and he's going to be joining me on the program at around the 35-minute mark of the hour to talk a little bit more about those concerns that are being brought forward when it comes to relationships. At the end of the day show, I'm going to be joined by Kamloops Search and Rescue. On Thursday of last week, it put out the call saying it is starting to run low on some safety supplies, and if it runs out, it won't be able to respond to call outs and you know that's a time where we're seeing a lot more people going out and taking hikes in order to get out of the house there's uh there is the potential for more calls from Kamloops search and rescue so it did ask for supplies which included hand sanitizer sanitizing wipes latex gloves and N95 masks of course, those are very coveted masks at this point in time, but I'm going to be joined by the Kamloops Search and Rescue team at around the 50-minute mark to kind of get into how things have been progressed since this call-out on Thursday. Have they received uh, a lot of people calling in and, and wanting to offer some things like sanitizer and, and wipes, uh, things that people maybe maybe bulk buy it at the beginning of this whole thing a month or two ago and uh, you know now have an oversupply that they can afford to give out to places like the Kamloops Search and Rescue, which of course provide a life-saving service. So we'll see where they are in terms of that call and whether they did get the supplies they need here four or five days later. And of course, coming up next... The Kamloops Thompson School Board now has kids into virtual learning. It officially began that process really this week. And just how are parents, teachers, and students handling things? How could things change as the situation drags on? Well, I'm going to be joined by SD73's Superintendent of Schools after the break. So stay tuned, and I'll be speaking with Alice and Cito after this. opinion. Call or text 250-374-5345. Find us on Facebook or on Twitter at Radio NL News. This is Jeff Andreas on RadioNL.com. Hello and welcome back to the Jeff Andreas Show here on Tuesday, March 31st. Thanks so much for joining me. Kids, of course, went back to school this week. Well, sort of. SD73 has made the switch to a virtual classroom as we all do our best to abide by social distancing recommendations, which of course mean kids not going to school, but they still need to learn. I'm joined on the phone now by SD73 Superintendent of Schools, Allison Cedo. Allison, thanks so much for taking the time. Oh, good morning, Jeff. Good to be here. Yeah, so I want to just kind of start by getting you to describe how things are working right now. Like, how well are things ironed out at this point as schools basically are just getting started on this whole virtual learning thing? What, what does it look like at this point? Yeah, well, parents and kids are now kind of experiencing um, the planning that has gone on for the last two and a half weeks. So senior staff were in two, two and a half to three weeks ago, and last week our principals and teachers were back. So, you know, we've done a lot of background work to ensure that we're ready, and things started to roll yesterday. I've had uh, certainly a number of of. Uh, emails uh, and calls from parents that feeling really good about what's happening. They appreciate the effort our staff are making. And I also know that some parents are feeling a bit overwhelmed. Uh, it's a daunting task to think that you 
not only have to sort of care for your family and and work, um, but now you're also educating your students as well. So we also are reaching out to parents and making sure that they feel very comfortable and understand that we're not expecting a full-service model or them to be teachers. We just need them to be partners in this this new venture, which is uncharted territory for everyone. Yeah, I was going to ask about that, about parents who maybe are, are, you know, like you said, dealing with their own jobs or their own situations at home and then are now having to kind of be a, a bit of a teacher on top of that. And, and that does come with some concerns. But you mentioned, um, you know, starting to ease those a little bit by saying uh, not a full necessarily a workload is expected right now. But what, what is the message for those who maybe don't have certain technologies at home? Is there, you know, what, what sort of plans have been made for those who, who don't have necessarily the same tools available at, at their homes that others might have arrangements been made for those kids who don't have that same access to technology well absolutely i mean in many cases uh, families who don't have access to, te- to technology are also sometimes struggling to put food on the table and we don't want any family to have to make the choice between food or technology and support for their children at this time so um, certainly we are prepared to loan materials to technology and if connectivity is a problem we certainly have teachers and our principals who are prepared to um, deliver or to to have families come and in a safe manner pick up materials and resources um, so that they can continue the learning uh, in some fashion at home with their children. But parents need to to just really encourage their young people to, to read and to engage in um, curiosity and interesting activities and not to worry too, too much about getting through um, the curriculum as, as certainly as teachers normally would. These are unusual times. Kids are super resilient. Um, it's the adults that struggle sometimes more. And um, we just ask that you just be patient with your child and do what you can to keep the, the continuity of, of engagement really with the learning going. Now, Allison, I think you kind of answered my next question here through that a little bit, but what what really are the expectations of learners during this time? Because, you know, there's been talk about most kids who uh, are going to, were were on the track to pass or are basically going to do so regardless. So, um, you know, some work does still need to be done. They're not you know, very far into a second semester, really, at this point. Um, you know, just what what are the expectations of students at this time? Uh, you know, is, is there a way to really put a, a label on what those expectations would be? Well, it, parents should expect contact, you know, two, two contacts a week from their teachers. So, you know, that's that kind of is sort of the, the standard or the guideline that we've set for ourselves. Obviously, secondary students, um, they're more independent. Uh, they have, you know, more dense curriculum that they're trying to move through. And so we're expecting more from our secondary students. Uh, in the elementary years, you know, you're going to be seeing teachers offer a variety of kind of interesting things for kids to do at home. Um, but the most important thing for any young learner is reading. And families just you know, can find ways, if you can find ways through technology to get ebooks or to review the books to have at home, kids just need to be engaged in reading and that's listening to stories, reading themselves, talking about what they're learning through their reading. And if you're going to do anything, that's the most important thing that you can do with your child.
the teachers will guide you. This is really a partnership between parents and teachers. So if you're not understanding something or if you're feeling overwhelmed um, with the expectations from your teacher, just reach out. They, you know, our teachers want to do the very, very best they can for our families and and they understand that many families are under a lot of pressure, particularly those who may now have financial pressure. So reach out to your teacher, talk with them, uh, reach out to your school principal, we're there to help. And I, I might add that I know some families um, are going to be under extreme pressure, um, particularly if they're struggling to put food on the table. Let us help. Contact your school, contact your family. We have access to some resources for food um, through our, our, our food programs, and uh, we'd be happy to steer you in the right direction. And or if you need support with parenting at this difficult time, um, we certainly have counselors who can assist. So don't we just encourage families to do everything they can, reach out in any way you can. Don't bear this alone. I'm glad you brought that forward. I think that's an important message to get out there that, uh, you know, I'm sure there are a lot of people struggling and and wondering what the next steps are. So I think that's an important message. Mm -hmm. Um, I did also want to ask about about teachers. We've talked a lot about parents and how they're feeling with all this. And, and, you know, maybe they're a little bit overwhelmed with the technology. But I'm sure there are teachers out there as well who are just so used to, you know, being up in front of a classroom and writing on the whiteboard and and teaching in that manner. Um, They're not used to, to how they would go about using technology. Are you hearing from from teachers at all who are concerned about how this is going to work as they try to figure this thing out for the first time, really? Oh, yeah. I live with one. <laughs> My husband is a teacher, and of course, he's an athletic director and teaches his ed. So trying to determine how best to to serve kids and to connect them to opportunities um, was something that he was very anxious about. But he's got a tremendous uh, team that he works with at Westside Secondary, and they have been on Zoom meetings and planning. They planned all through the weekend and um, have put together um, learning opportunities and are connecting with students and monitoring their physical activity. And so, you know, I think that, you know, he's not like many teachers who are now um, learning how to access new technologies and um, are doing so and finding that they're actually enjoying the kind, the new kind of connections that they are getting with kids. So there's always a silver lining to, to any um challenge and I think that the silver lining here is that we're going to see lots of teachers learning new and innovative practices that will maybe transform their their pedagogy or the way they teach um, going forward or certainly the way they communicate with families so I I'm very confident in our teachers um, teachers are always first and foremost learners themselves and so we model that and uh, we take on new challenges Um, I know teachers are doing story time with individual kids and just you know new approaches that maybe they might not have done previously but are reaping some really incredible rewards in terms of the way they are connecting with students and the way students are feeling um, supported in this new way so you know, every cloud does have a silver lining, but this is not forever, and we are all looking forward to returning to uh, a more regular and normal um, 
pace and, and, and standard of education. Yeah, I think that goes for not just education, but, but everywhere right now. Oh, everywhere, yeah. <laughs> um, one more yeah. question while I have you here, Alison. I just wanted to ask about, you know, some of those other um, other groups, not necessarily the ones who, who are, you know, we're confident can go home and pick up the technology and learn, but, you know, people who are, you know, special needs students and things along those lines, what, what sort of arrangements are being made for, for them and, and for the parents who have, uh, you know, those kids out there who deal with, with some special needs issues? Are there sp- special arrangements in place for them? Can they still go get some sort of in-class learning or, or like, what, what is the protocol right now for, for those more marginalized groups, I guess? Yeah, thanks for asking about that. We have um, certified education assistants that work under the supervision of a teacher, and those certified education assistants are most often connected to students with special needs. So they are a critical link right now in the support for these um, sometimes more vulnerable kids. So teachers and support staff are planning and you know, support staff will be reaching out to provide additional support to families and can deliver materials um, as required. Uh, we have protocols for how, what that looks like so everyone feels comfortable and, and is safe. And just today, actually, I saw that the guidelines for support staff went out from my staff to principals. So we're, we're getting very specific about kind of the duties and responsibilities of support staff as they work with um, some of our are more vulnerable and tender kids. So, um, yes, in answer to your question, there are specific and more additional supports for these families. We did discuss um, whether or not face-to-face instruction with um, some of our students with really significant physical special needs was appropriate. But in the end, in our district, we don't feel that that, that we're that that's the right approach. Uh, Often um, some of our our children with special needs have uh, physical or health conditions and we don't want to put anybody in additional risk. We are really um, being clear about physical uh, contact and making sure that we follow Bonnie Henry's, Dr. Henry's guidelines. So we won't be connecting physically with students but there is all kinds of technology that we can use in partnership with families to make sure that those students have a sense of well-being and connectedness. And that is our first priority, that they feel safe, they feel secure, and that those relationships that are so important to them are sustained during um, what is probably going to be one of our more challenging times in our lives. For sure. As a society. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, no doubt, no doubt about that. Well, Allison, uh, thank you so much for taking the time. Really do appreciate it. And uh, yeah, this is, like you said, unprecedented for all of us. So we all just kind of got to work through this together. We are. We're in this together. Thank you, Jeff. I appreciate your interest. That was SD73 Superintendent of Schools, Allison Cito. Coming up, many out there are speculating that we will be seeing a spike in divorce rates. I'll be chatting with a local clinical counselor about that after this. So please stick around. You're listening to Jeff Andreas on Radio NL 610 AM News Talk and RadioNL.com. 
Welcome back to the Jeff Andreas Show, and thanks so much for tuning in here with me today. Of course, as mentioned earlier, COVID-19 has caused some out there to speculate that we may see an increase in divorce rates and also relationships in general coming to an end as a result of, well, a number of different factors. Could include finances or just not enough free time. Here to help paint a picture of what people can do to keep the home a safe space and just how concerned people out there possibly are at this time. I'm joined on the line by registered clinical counselor with Acceptance Counseling Services, Sandeep Sadra. Sandeep, thanks so much for taking the time. Yeah, thanks for having me, Jeff. Yeah, so let's just start by getting sort of a, a picture from you about what you are hearing right now from those that you deal with. Just how concerned are couples out there when it comes to their experiences in the home and, and their experiences with their significant other? Are a lot of people worried right now about how COVID-19 is impacting their relationships? Definitely, Jeff. I've seen a spike in a client's contact me over the past few weeks in regards to COVID-19. Um, a variety of factors, you know, you, you look at the financial picture of not knowing, you know, uh, if you, your, your job is going to be there um, at, at the end of the day. And you've got some couples who have been laid off type of thing. So that financial stress um, uh, on top of the uncertainties and the anxieties that come with COVID-19, um, not knowing uh, how long this is going to go on for. So, you know, in the past, I've kind of seen a spike um, kind of like this in January after after Christmas time when couples have had a little bit more time with each other and, and often the issues that come up in the past used to be around the, the financial piece or the intimacy piece in relationships. And now you throw on top of COVID-19 um, and the uncertainty of it, um, we're definitely noticing more and more anxieties and stress levels going up. And, you know, is, is some of it, too, just the fact that a lot of people are, uh, you know, stuck at home and aren't leaving their home and are really just kind of hanging out with the same individuals day after day after day? And, you know, it can get a little bit tiresome. As much as you love the people that you are living with in a home, you know, some sometimes you need a little bit of a break. Is that some problem that people are also dealing with here as well? Oh, definitely. You know, we often talk about the word time. Um, often we're all, we have you know busy lives. We're often you know going to work, coming home, you know, cooking dinner, taking care of the kids, type of thing. And we always want more time. And now that time that we've always kind of wanted, we we do have now. And so what we're we're finding is uh, a lot of couples, um, you know, they need need structure. You know, just like kids need structure, they need type of some sort of scheduling happening because when there's uncertainty of not knowing, you know, when how long this this COVID nineteen will, will go on for, um, couples often feel like you know they have no control um, in, in that type of situation so what we're finding is that more and more couples are um, having more conflict um, in regards to uh, the, the lack of communication and misunderstandings and everyone deals with stress in different ways in different forms and you know how one individual um, may handle stress will be differently than how another individual handles it so um, definitely conflict it has increased and you know, and we talk about you know wanting wanting space away from each other or, or space together. So that's something that, that the couples definitely need to communicate more about their own needs um, during this during this pandemic. And one of the things that I I have a bit of a 
fear, I guess, right now is just how early we are into this here in Canada. You mentioned you've already started to see a little bit of an uptick in, in people contacting you for these kinds of situations. You know, when you look at what's happening in China, they've been dealing with this for several months now. And, and in Europe, I mean, they're a few weeks ahead of us and they're talking about some concerns there when it comes to uh, relationship issues. And here in Canada, we're really only a couple of weeks into this thing. Um, you know, do you, do you expect to see more people start to, to reach out for some help as this drags on? Because, I, I I mean, we've heard our health professionals tell us April is just not going to be a normal month. So we got at least four more weeks of this, and I got to imagine that tensions will only rise as a result. Definitely. I, I could definitely see a, a spike um, in, in terms of, you know, couples and clients wanting services during this time. And, and the interesting thing is that, you know, we, we talk about, you know, issues that come up in relationships and stuff. And what often often happens is that, you know, people have resentment from, from previous issues and problems that have come up in, in the past. And, you know, we are seeing uh, an increase in, you know, the couples kind of spending time apart or kind of, kind of breaking up because of the stresses and COVID-19 has, you know, has just been that, that tipping point where they've kind of called it quits um, based on that. So, you know, a lot of clients are looking for strategies. You know, what can I do during this time? You know, I'm feeling stressed. I don't know how to deal with the situation. You know, my partner's, you know, he's annoying me. Um, what can I do here? You know, what can I do? You know, what can he or she do as well? So definitely looking for strategies to improve communication um, with with each other um, and with their kids. You know, and just just to improve on that moving forward and and how to deal with this together rather than as an individual. What what kind of um, you know tips or tricks do you have for people to maintain that communication? I know this is uh, sometimes might even be a a, a pretty boring answer it's less uh, you know maybe you need to sit down at the dinner table and have a conversation for for 20 minutes a day just to make sure you know how things are going i don't know what suggestions you have but um you know i'm sure they're generally pretty simple ideas of how people can can go about maintaining their strong relationships that they have built over time um and don't want to see it crumble as a result of of a, of a virus here that's keeping them cooped up so what what sorts of things can people do to maintain the relationship maintain the communication and uh, keep that strong bond they've built yeah, for families, I definitely recommend setting up a schedule, I mean, especially especially if you have kids. Um, it, it's actually even nice for adults as well. Set up a schedule with what with, with the day looks like. I mean, having daily family meetings, you know. How are you feeling? What is working for you? What is bothering you? Um, definitely limiting the amount of news um, that you do watch on TV in regards to COVID-19. I know it's, it's, uh, it's difficult to, uh, to avoid by just limiting yourself. Um, it could be, you know, five or 10 minutes a day because, you know, if you continue to watch the news, you know, you get different types of anxieties that, that increase uh, due to what you're hearing and what you're seeing. Um, also maintaining a sense of humor. Um, I always say to my clients, you know, couples especially, you know, when you, when you stop being silly in a relationship, it's it's often over, right? So just just being silly with, with, with each other, with the kids as well, continue on date nights. It doesn't have to be anything fancy. It could be, you know, the boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, wife. Simple thing is having uh, cooking together, making something together in the kitchen, going for a walk. You know, we talk about, you know, social distancing. You can go for a walk in your, in your neighborhood. Um, you know, having game nights. So just keeping things simple it doesn't have to be fancy. You don't have to go to the big dinners and the big movies and stuff. You just, just be creative with each other. Um, it's an excellent time to, you know, start increasing your communication skills with your kids and with your spouse or husband. 
um, you know, asking different questions and just building, building our bond. Mm-hmm. Because if we can get through this COVID-19 together, you know, as a family or as couples, you know, you become a stronger, stronger bond with each other. Yeah, and, and I think it's uh, it's really important to, like you had mentioned, to go out and, and go for a walk and just have the sunshine around you. I think that's really important that a lot of people maybe aren't, uh, I know a lot of people are taking a lot of walks, but I'm sure there's also a lot of people who have been sitting at home in their basement apartment not doing anything for a while now too, so it's important that they get out and get that vitamin D as well. Um Zandeep, I'll get you out of here on this. I mean, you know, one thing that I think is really going to start to be more of an issue moving forward, and it hasn't really hit us yet. You know, we've just seen the the restaurant sector kind of close up a little over a week ago, 10 days or so ago. And, you know, things along these lines, which are going to start really putting financial pressures, not on people who have necessarily weak relationships, but maybe a mother-in-law or a a father or somebody along those lines is no longer able to, to pay the bills that they thought they could and may have to start moving in with their kids is that something that you know it really does put even a a bigger strain on a relationship when you start seeing these people who you weren't expecting to be a part of your home now start to have to enter it as a result of you know financial hardships um you know do you do you think i I expect to see more of that happening and and what kind of impact can that have on relationships oh definitely it's interesting that you kind of mentioned that i did have a, a client last week who had a similar situation where um the, the husband was uh talking about bringing his and his father and mother in uh during the, the quarantine process and um the wife was uncomfortable with it so definitely with the financial hardships and stuff too and, and the thing we got to understand is that you know that we're, we're there to support each other um you know it, it's in it's probably not going to be like a long-term you know basis this, this may be temporary you know two three four or five months and you know just trying to work with each other and have more of an understanding that, you know, yeah, it's going to be uncomfortable, you know, if a father-in-law moves in or mother-in-law kind of moves in at this time. But it's it's for it's for a temporary basis. Maybe you have a separate suite or something where they can kind of have their own separate space. And I always tell, you know, my clients is that, you know, like, just because you are, you know, cooped in together in, in a residence, like, pick a room, have your own space. I mean, maybe have the office where you can go for an hour or so, because that's important. I mean, even though spending time together, um, you know, will do wonders for a relationship, but you also need some time apart. So just just having that open communication, you know, having that dialogue about, hey, you know, you know, this is what's going on. You know, obviously, you know, mom and dad are kind of struggling, and then, you know, this will be a temporary, um, temporary fix, hopefully. And um, just making your spouse or, or husband understand that piece. Yeah, I think it's going to be a lot of uh, a lot of different, unique situations that are going to be popping up over the next little while, and it's. Uh, I hope you know it's not the downfall of, of people's relationships but uh, it is going to be in some cases but hopefully uh, you know this conversation will, will help provide a little information about how to hold off those those uh, doomsday scenarios when it comes to uh, couples here so thanks so much for your time Sandeep I will ask you know while I while I have you on the line if there is anything else that you wanted to throw out there for people listening while I have you here well, I think that, you know, you look at the situation. I mean, there's so many different things that we're, you know, we're listening to or we're kind of viewing, um, you know, around our friends or on, on the news type of thing. But to take this as an opportunity, you know, take this as an opportunity at home. And look at it from a different lens, you know, be, be more mindful. 
that, you know, that this is an opportunity where you can kind of, you know, grow as an individual, grow as a couple and grow with your kids. Um, and ultimately, we look at the word time, you know, you know, as, as kids, we all, we all kind of all want to grow up, you know, and you know, once we, you know, get to a certain age, we wish we had more time as elders, you know, we, we wish we had more time. So, so take this time. You know, with your loved ones, you know, with your kids, you know, your spouses and, you know, grow as individuals, do things, you know, do things together, build, build memories, you know, and, and that will, you know, that will get us through this, this pandemic. Yeah, that's probably a pretty good thing to say at the end, eh? Just uh, some people out there would complain they don't get to spend enough time with their families, so don't get to complain that you spend too much time with them. It's probably something that uh, you don't hear very often. Thanks so much for doing this, Sandeep. Really do appreciate your time, and I think there's a lot of important information out there. So thank you so much for filling us in. You bet. Take care. That was Sandeep Sadra, who's a registered clinical counselor with Acceptance Counseling Services here in Kamloops. So there you go. Some advice for... People out there, couples out there, people in relationships have strong communication. Of course, it's important to have fun together. Have some alone time as well. You can't always be together. You need to have your own space every once in a while. Um, You know, keep doing something to keep you active, whether that be walking or having a game night. Just something to keep that brain firing so you're not just sitting there watching Netflix all day and and looking at someone who else, you know, who might be doing that and watching them on the couch just sit there and watch watch TV, be a couch potato that could make someone frustrated, of course, as well. Keep talking, like I said at the beginning, have that strong communication, and hopefully we can all get through this without breaking those important bonds that we've built over time. Don't let COVID-19 be the downfall of romantic relationships or just any relationship for that matter all right well coming up next late last week Kamloops search and rescue put up the message that it is starting to run low on some safety supplies that note was put out on thursday have things gotten better since then well i'll be talking with Kamloops search and rescue after this digging deeper into the day's top stories you're listening to jeff andreas on 610 a.m news talk and radionl.com Welcome back to the Jeff Andrea Show here on Tuesday, March 31. Thanks so much for being here with me. On Thursday, Kamloops Search and Rescue had put out a call on social media that it is starting to run low on some safety supplies, and it said if it does run out, well, it won't be able to respond to call-outs. Joining me now to talk a little bit more about this call and how people have responded is Jen Staun. Jen, thanks so much for taking the time. Good morning. Thank you. So, yeah, let's just start with, you know, where things were on Thursday when you guys made this initial call. We'll, we'll get into how people have responded first, but just what were things looking like prior to making this call? Prior to putting the call out to the public through social media, uh, we were starting to look pretty low on several of our supplies. There's required uh, protective equipment and cleaning supplies that we need, especially during this time, to be able to respond, such as gloves and masks, uh, hand sanitizer, and sanitizing wipes as well, so we can clean all the gear before and after a call. And we were looking like uh, there was possibly after one or two calls, we'd be out of some of those supplies. So. We were definitely looking at a, a point of not being able to do a lot of response as we head into the summer season. Wow. So, yeah, things were looking uh, pretty low then of talking in just one or two calls would have really put you in a situation where you couldn't respond to any more. So you guys put out this call because obviously there was some concern about that being the case and not being able to do the rescue missions that you guys uh, all, you know, are, are known for. Uh, so what, what has the response been? You guys put out the call on Thursday for things like hand sanitizers, sanitizing wipes, gloves, masks. What has the response been since making the call for those supplies? 
It's been overwhelming. The community has been so supportive. <laughs> we've gotten a little, at least a little bit of everything and some things like the gloves. We've had numerous people step up and offer a box here and there. Uh, we've gotten some more masks, hand sanitizer, the cleaning supplies, at least a little bit of everything. Uh, we're still fairly low on hand sanitizer. So that's our, our big thing that we, we're still looking for because when we're out in the field, we don't have access to soap and water to properly wash our hands. So to protect ourselves as well as the subject, hand sanitizer is the next best thing that we're, we can use in the field. So if anybody has that, we're definitely still looking or knows where we can find some. We would love to hear from you. Right on. Yeah, that, that's, that, I think that's a lot of people who are in that boat as well when it comes to sanitizer. But yeah, that makes perfect sense. I never necessarily would have thought of it like that when you are out there, uh, you know, making these rescues and looking for individuals that, yeah, you don't have access to soap and water as readily as, as most people generally would. So sanitizer does sound like a, a more important tool than I maybe would have ever thought uh, once you put it into that perspective. So wh where are you now in terms of that supply? Like just how confident are you that, uh, you know, you can go forward and continue to, to make calls as necessary? and respond to those calls as needed. Are you, are you pretty confident in just how much supply you have right now that, you know, you're not going to be looking to make another call for this kind of stuff in the not-too-distant future? I'm hoping we don't have to make another call <laughs> uh, too soon, but one of the other issues that we're running into is that a lot of our surrounding teams that we provide mutual aid to and that help us with mutual aid as well are also looking like they're low on supplies. So if they don't get the answer to their call-outs for supplies as well, we could be doing a lot more mutual aid than we're used to doing during this time. So there's still the potential for us to have it run out a little bit more quickly. Uh, the BC Search and Rescue Association, which is kind of the overarching association that supports all of the recognized SAR teams in BC, is trying to collect supplies to help those teams that are really in need. But, for example, Wells Gray is on their third day of a task right now, and, you know, that's one of those ones we could easily be called out to help on. And so we'll see supplies start to diminish. Uh, luckily, though, last week, our numbers across the province were down significantly compared to the same time last year, down about 45%. So if people continue to listen to the guidelines and recommendations that are out there about social distancing and staying close to home and being a little bit more conservative when they do head out, hopefully we won't have as busy of a season and we won't need to worry about making a call out for more supplies. Yeah, yeah, that's a pretty good point there, right? The, the less calls you have to respond to, the more supplies will will stay put and uh, keep those stockpiles nice and nice and full, if possible. Um, so with that in mind, I guess just is there a message to people who are planning to go for, for a, a little adventure, maybe somewhere that, uh, you know, there is that possibility where a call could be made just to make sure that they stay safe and they're not making those calls and not, uh, you know, having an impact on the system when it comes to the need for Kamloops Search and Rescue Services. Uh, what, what kind of message do you have for people when they are venturing out outside and, and making sure they stay safe? Well, we're definitely encouraging people to get outside if it is supported by the provincial health officer. Obviously, if you're having any symptoms or anything like that, you're asked to stay inside regardless. But if you are going to be venturing outside, stay a little bit closer to home. Be a lot more conservative in your choices. So stick to the trails that you know. And all, as always, bring your essentials and leave a trip plan as well. Perfect. Well, Jen, thank you so much for taking the time to do this. Really do appreciate it. And just while I have you here, before I let you go, if people do have some extra sanitizer laying around and they want to give it to you guys, um, how do they go about doing that? They can reach out to us through our Facebook page uh, or they can send us an email for... Um 
think info at ksar.ca would be the best way to go. So info at ksar.ca or through our Facebook page. Perfect. Well, Jen, again, thank you very much for taking the time. Really do appreciate it. Hopefully the calls for Kamloops Search and Rescue remain low, but, uh, uh, you know, we'll just have to wait and see. Thanks so much for your time. Really do appreciate it. Awesome. Thanks, Jeff. Awesome. That was Jen Stone with Kamloops Search and Rescue. Well, on that note, it's about time to wrap things up for me here today. I want to thank all my guests for joining me. And, of course, a big thank you to all of you for listening. And remember, whether you join me for a short while or a long while, just know that I enjoyed our time while it lasted. Have a great Tuesday. I'll be back here on Hump Day at 9.